0: Good morning, everybody. Hello, I am Lori Polin. I'm the Executive Director for the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. Every time I say that, I have to like take a breath in between some of the words because it's such a, a mouthful. Um, anyhow, I, uh, I'm so excited to be here on this podcast today, and thank you all for listening in. And Our guest today is actually on our Young Champions Council, and one of our staff members was like, Lori, you've got to talk to Brooks. He has a story. He's so like passionate and, and, uh, even just in meeting him and I, I, I saw him on one of the YCC meetings and, and you stand out Brooks, like you, you stand out as somebody who has leadership skills that are just gifted. And, uh, almost like you take ownership in who you are and how you represent yourself in the world so so in our just brief chat before all the listeners get to listen it it's so obvious how you uh, show up in the world and I think that's really cool and I'm excited for this conversation and I'd love to, you know just to kind of start like at the beginning like where where does your story begin and and or what kind of uh what kind of Story would you like to share with us today?
1: Yeah. Great. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, one, I just want to thank you for allowing me to be here on this great platform. Um, it seems that we're entering a digital Renaissance, you know, so um, just to kind (laughs) of still be able to connect, um, all the way here. So, uh, greetings from Milwaukee. Um, my name is Brooks Griffin. Um, as Lori um, introduced myself, um, born and raised, um, here on the city right on the Lake Michigan, one of the great lakes. Um, so we're the city of, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, we got the Brats, we got Miller Park, we got Summerfest, um, but it's a great small, um, um, but big city, um, in a great state. So, um, like I said, I'm just happy to be here, um, and, and to have this great conversation with you today.
0: Excellent. Yeah. We're, we're really happy to have you and, and the summer fest that's, that's one of my favorite things ever. Mm. Uh, you see some fun stuff there and some neat people and, and the music is just to die for. So yeah, anybody ever meeting. Yeah, yeah go the- ahead.
1: Yeah, the pandemic definitely took a part of us. You know, um last year they canceled Summerfest. Um and even this year, um, you know, even though vaccinations are rolling out, um, you know, the the planners and the event organizers kind of saw best that um, you know, they'll put it off for one more year. So um, you know, for those that's you know Wisconsin nights and you know from yeah. Milwaukee as well. Um, a piece of us that are, are missing, you know, we have Stay Fair, you know, we have oh. Strawberry Fest, you know, we have, you know, Steel Days, we have Jazz Fest, so um, as you see, you know, Milwaukee is a great place of community, um, fun, um, and just really connecting with each other on, yeah. on a real authentic level.
0: That's amazing, that's so amazing that that uh, you have a home like that, you know, and that you've created a belonging, a sense of belonging there, and I'd I'd love to hear, you know, your story and and what was it like for you growing up in milwaukee and and you know what brought you here
1: yeah definitely definitely so growing up in milwaukee was definitely not easy okay. um, um you know one of our zip codes 53206 um is one of the worst um most incarcerated zip codes for individuals especially for um, african-american um individuals so mm-hmm. um Myself, you know, I think about, you know, for those that may be involved in prevention work, just the adverse childhood experiences, you know, those are, those really experiences that, that kind of really deterred or can potentially deter, you know, the success of our life. So my A score was seven, seven plus, you know, eight plus. So I experienced, you know, anxiety, you know, grew up with depression. My parents were divorced. You know, I experienced physical abuse, a physical, you know, I experienced sexual abuse, you know, so so those adverse childhood experiences were just piling up piling up piling up but yeah. um you know I, I can really say my family my family was you know really indebted into the ministry life um they're really community leaders so um, there were main pillars in my life to really make sure that, you know, those experiences um, that I faced, even though, you know, I was dealing with suicidal thoughts, um, dealing with those up and down emotions that, you know, a lot of people feel. Um, but at that young age um, where a lot of my friends, a lot of my families also were feeling that um, somebody had to step up um, to really say like, hey, let's just talk. Um, and I was that guy. You know, I love to talk, but I, I really learned to really listen. Um, and to really see that a need um had to start um and I see we're here, we're here, um, and a lot of people also saw that need too as well. so I'm excited wow.
0: wow, and was there was there a pivotal person in your life that modeled any of that for you, or how did you come into that knowing of that we need to talk, we need to show up for each other, we need to listen to one another?
1: yeah, I actually I'll say those too. Um, one would be my uncle, um, Damien, he passed um when I was about twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like my best friend. Didn't even really consider him as an uncle. Um he was younger in age, you know, my sister, my mom's um younger um sibling. So um we were just able to connect um and to be able to be a young person to connect with an adult. Um, Not even on a lecture level, but to be really authentic and just be heard. Um, You know, I really valued that. But um, when he unfortunately passed away to cancer, uh, which definitely took a blow um, to me as a 12 year old in school and just, you know, that was my confidant. So I really had to lean in on him. Um, I I built a relationship with my grandfather. Um, and my grandfather definitely was a great pillar um, in my life as well to really give me the community mindset um, to say like, hey, yeah, you you can do work internally, but the best way to really heal and grow is to do work externally um, and to help individuals as well. So, um, you know, those seeds are still indebted to me. You know, unfortunately, he passed away as well about, you know, seven years ago. So, um, you know, I just think about just everything. A lot of great heroes, you know, have, have definitely lost their life, you know, due to, you know, illness, natural causes, the pandemic, um, but it's those seeds that they planted, um, you know, that that keeps me motivated to keep going um, and then planting seeds and, you know, everybody else as well.
0: Wow. Wow. That's, that's really, really cool. And all right. So, so let's get into the nitty gritty. Like, uh-huh. uh, you know, you talk about having a seven plus or an eight plus a score, and you talk about the various types of exposures that you had to things that ideally no kid has. And yet, you were exposed to them you went through them whether what i mean most often it's whether we like it or not right i mean it especially when you're a child growing up in an environment um you don't really get to choose yeah i I really don't want this to happen today you know we just kind of have to be be the stick in the stream and and take the take what comes as, as the water moves us and and so what was that like for you? And and you know, you said you said you experienced some some of these mental illness struggles. Was there? Did was was it early on, or was it um, did it you have later onset, or, or how did you? I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, I'll let yeah. you go. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: yeah, so, um, shut up. Yeah, no, it's all good. I would say D all of the above. Um, you know, so I, I was diagnosed at 12 years old. Um, with depression and anxiety. Um, okay. and it was, uh, I was diagnosed. Um, after an attempt for at suicide. Um, so, um, before I didn't know. Um, definitely had the emotions, had the flags. You know, um, it, you know, our anxiety and depression ran through the family. So, um, you know, it was there. Um, to say, but then um, the pivotal point was really when I got into youth work. Um, and, and really start um, to becoming a youth worker um, and really work with preteens and um, early childhood education. So, you know, I'm always an advocate of if you work with youth, you got to give it your best. You know, it's not a job that it's not like flipping burgers. You know, you got to bring <laughs> your whole self um, because they definitely, you know, need us. You know, they're our most valuable and vulnerable resource. Um, so with that, I kind of do- dove into, um, you know, really mental health resources. As I said, in Milwaukee, um, you know, it wasn't just me. You know, a lot of our young kids, you know, you know, have a score is higher than myself yeah. um so i really had to you know really build my capacity um to serve for these young people mm-hmm. um and with that i started to start to listen like oh whoa, whoa that happened to me too Whoa, whoa, that happened to me too so a lot of the memories that were actually um you know back in my mind um suppressed and, yep suppressed mm-hmm. started to come up started to come up and but but again with that heart that i think that like my grandfather and my family instilled i knew i just needed to talk um and, and really seeing before I was diagnosed with, you know, depression, anxiety it was, a you know, a mute Brooks, that the only way that I talked was out of anger, was out of rage, without emotions. But now, you know, being a more of a role model, being that leader, understanding that a lot of people were looking up to me um, and seeing how it was challenging through life. I just needed to talk. Um, So I started to have those hard conversations with my parents and ask them, like, hey, what really happened? Like. At this time, what, what 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 like give me the real. Like I know you my mom, yeah. but like I I, like, I really need to know the real so I can grow and they are. Um I've learned, you know, through our family that there were secrets. You know, I learned, you know, and, and it wasn't intentionally out of hurt, but it was out of love. Right. You know, and, and doing the and best I, they can. Doing the best they can. And you know, I'm a father as well, a proud father of two girls, you know, and, and I only imagine just the care that I would have done for my daughter you know especially in those situations like you mentioned that they didn't have anything to do about um so so just those conversations and you know and i encourage anybody that's listening you know it's just those one steps to have because you know my mom and her dad had a conversation about mental health that then built to be able to have a conversation with me about it so um you know that's our model that you know the more and more we can kind of go back in life and kind of really um talk about it and, and and really pulled in supports that we may need even if we can't really do it um it's really growing a, a, a healing um section within our family but then also in our community as well
0: yeah brooks i have to say i mean i didn't i uh it is a rare day when i hear somebody share their story and share what you just said which was that When you, there was a certain point in your life where you turned around and asked the people that brought you through this world, what the, tell me the real, you know, Um, and first that you asked them, second, that they responded and that they told you and, and that they. They didn't get defensive. They didn't get angry. They didn't tell you that.
1: Well, I will pause. They okay, did.
0: great. Go, go, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I will pause, you know, um, cause it, it's definitely, and, and it wasn't a, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and say, I'm about to go tell everybody. It was definitely, years, <laughs> right. you know, Sit years, yeah, years, and <laughs> years, reading books, you know, li- li- listening to mentors on how to have those hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even now, you know, there's definitely parts of families that, I'm not connected to now um, and not for the long run, but there's maybe not being the um, being in the environment to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about me and my mom, our relationship has, you know, that's, that's been my best friend, you know, since I've been a kid, but then now our relationship has gone even closer, um, because mm-hmm. now we're able to talk personally, um, rather than on a superficial level. Um, yeah. you know, so there's so, so many different experiences that I'm still learning that, you know, I, I would say that I'm healed. Um, but I think the healing growth and process never stops.
0: Well, you're um, living a life of recovery, right? Like right. you're, you're And I think that that's what's beautiful is that our our lives, our our experiences in childhood, everybody's experience in childhood, define helps define who they are, but it doesn't define them, right? It, It. becomes a part of their blanket, right? It's a thread in, in the wove, in the woo, in the, what it's a thread in the, whatever I, why am I stumbling (laughs) on my words? Uh, so that's really beautiful, but I, I, I want to come back that one of the things we've had other podcasters talk about, um, their experience of when, when they needed to start talking, Mm. Um, that the, and you're talking about having hard conversations, right? And, and we've had, I've had a number of survivors and a number of people privately, specifically more, way more than publicly come to me and say, I don't even, I can't talk about this because if I do, I'll be shamed. I'll be ousted. My family, when I did, my family blamed me. They, they told me I, I was too young and I couldn't remember that certainly happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there's, like you're lying you're making this up you're whatever and the fact that some of your family members it sounds like some pivotal family members like your mom you know and potentially others uh really were able to humbly say this this is the truth this is what it was and without you know the the blame shame and the blame game um I think that's really beautiful. And what a gift. I don't hear that all that often, Brooks. And I, uh, I really want to attest your family and you for being able to finding a way to have that conversation and getting that outcome. That's, that's a gift. That's pretty cool. And here you are with your daughters, you know, going to be, you are already. And as they grow, you're going to be that humble space for them to like show up and ask and man imagine just imagine if it started early on where the where there was safety for kids to have a voice in the world what would what would be said then you know
1: and that's why you know I'm happy to be part of the YCC you know um and I think just even myself um, it's a pa- uh, on a personal passion, but then even work my work professionally um, to really say like, hey, we all just need to focus on young people. You know, no yeah. matter if you know, I think about a lot of adults that say, "Oh, I can't mess with kids. Oh, kids uh. are like, <laughs> right. well, how do
0: you do that?
1: <laughs> how do you like?" I'm like, well, yeah, let's, especially let's like,
0: adolescents. You're <laughs> you know, you're with those young adults.
1: <laughs> that's right, you know. But I, I believe those individuals are the perfect individuals that we need to work with those adolescents um, because I'm 95% sure that there's a connection that they can connect um from why they're trying to isolate um and so i love you know even now looking at and posing healing intergenerationally um you know with my work um within milwaukee um i have always you know when i'm in a room you know let's say with generation z and i have a couple baby boomers and i have a couple mm-hmm. generation next just ask them how was their childhood and they'll go they'll go you know but you'll see that they'll start to puff up they'll start to get brighter because they'll start to remember really who they are what formed them and where they're really growing from but then when they start to see that you know a, a generation z will hear a baby boomer saying they just want to have fun and play outside they're oh me too but the fun look different um I, I believe that's when the conversations um start to really grow uh, when we start really sharing strategies and start sharing how we've healed um, and start really implementing that. So, you know, even this space that you're doing, Lori, like I said, I, this is great, um, because individuals can really listen to, um, And if this inspires one person just to have a conversation with not even maybe somebody that hurt them, maybe yeah. not even somebody that's been around, but just maybe be an advocate for, for somebody that may be voiceless. Um, we need you we need you. Um, And like I said, you're not alone as well, too, because there's a lot of individuals that's right behind you. So if you need supports, you know, we're here, you know, but we definitely, you know, would love to, you know, to continue to push the movement of, you know, of care and and love.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I love uh, that you say, you know, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a powerful, that's a powerful statement. And um, I think that a lot of people, experience their abuse story in isolation right and oftentimes abuse occurs in isolation and residual abuse occurs right like the ripple effect of all of it happens in from such a lonely place and uh and so talk more about about that and and why why for you that that is such a big driving force for you
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm only 27 years old, you know, so I feel like a baby um, and definitely still am a baby. Um, But I remember even, you know, we talk about the adolescent years, uh, 15, 16. I really thought I was grown. And (laughs) and and it's not because of the, you know, of the responsibilities that I wanted. Um, It's not because of the things that I thought that I knew. It was because of the pressures that I was facing. Um, and, And it was in those moments that I was the most isolated alone that I ever faced in my life. But it was also that time where I was around the most people that I ever been in my life too. <laughs> I was playing basketball. I had a lot of friends, you know, it it was great. So um, in those moments of, of, of alone, I I definitely, I would say that I brought on to myself a lot of lies um, that mm-hmm. I told myself that I allowed families. I was searching for approval in the family members. I was searching mm-hmm. for approval in the community um, and honestly lost myself. But yeah. being now, um, like i said, saying, that's 10 years down the road, um, just to look at a different place um, and, and being in a different mindset, not saying that I'm not dealing with the same thoughts, dealing with the same anxieties, dealing with the same depressions, but um, just being better than where you were before. That's hope to me. That's hope. And, and whatever I can do, um, you know, to share, share hope and spread that hope, understanding that that's what I just needed you know, and I was just looking for somebody just to tap me and just to say, hey, you just need some hope. You just mm-hmm. need a smile. You just need a really authentic conversation. And, you know, I, I want to be that person. Um,
0: wow.
1: So that's, you know, that's my passion. That's that's why I continue to go because, you know, I don't definitely don't want anybody to feel, you know, lonely because there's a lot of us um, that are out here um, and we just need to have that conversation with them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and so tell me, I mean, my assumption is that you found the YCC because we're all over the internet, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you, you know, you found this YCC, and you're like, I'm gonna join the Young Champions Council at Endcan because I want to help people feel hopeful, and I want to make people help people feel like they're not alone, right? And and that might be my assumption, but I, I'd love to hear from you. What led you to that? How'd you find us? Why are you here? And what do you hope to get out of it?
1: Yeah, great, great. So off my passions and off my personal experiences, um, I started a movement here in um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin called the Inspired Network. Um, And the Inspired Network stands for Individuals Needing Spiritual Power in Real Everyday Dilemmas. Um, And really, it's a it's a movement, um, a a young movement for young people um, to really advance spiritual development um, to combat trauma, abuse and neglect. Um, And we've been doing this for about five years, you know, going uh, really speaking with young kids in foster homes and group homes and schools, especially young boys and men um, and, and really talking about trauma, abuse and neglect and really naming it and framing it as that. Um, but also talking about wellness and, and really showing that spirituality is not a dimension of wellness that's a part Outside of us, um, but it's a part within us. Um, and wow. and with saying that, um, we also saw a lack of research. We saw a lack of conversation. We saw a lack of curriculum. We saw a lack of support. We saw a lack of legislation. We saw a lack <laughs> of words. So we really understood that it needed to be organized, um, and we really had to really put this in. Um, but then also in a safe way, um, because we also saw that there were a lot of different you know definitions of spirituality. There was a lot of different you know different ways to frame it. Um, but the, the benefits and the outcomes, especially especially for adolescents when they're searching for their identity, their values, yeah. their purpose, their significance. Um, we really saw a need for them. So um, with that, and especially with our mission to really push child abuse and neglect and, and, and through spiritual development um, through our workshops, we did see you. We did find you on Google, um, but, <laughs> but, but we really connect um, and, and will love and partner with organizations yeah. and work with organizations that do the work. Um, as you see, we, we love having conversations, but as you know, if you've been a part of those conversations, it gets deep. Yeah. It gets deep, especially sure. when individuals open up their stories um, and they want help. And if we're not really um, going arm in arm and linking arm and arm to provide those supports and learning strategies from different organizations or different individuals or different lived experience individuals that's been going through them, um, the work um would never be strong um so i'm just Absolutely. really bringing the young yep bringing the young people that i have from milwaukee um but looking forward to you know just the future um where we can really say hey you have a purpose you have values um and, and that's how the network will grow
0: wow that's so cool i love it i'm so glad that you're on our young champions council i'm just like oh my gosh i'm <laughs> pumped and, uh, I think I just think the world of you and for being 27 years young I'm like man I can I can't wait to have this conversation again.
1: Definitely. Definitely. In like
0: 5 years and I can't wait to have an, a, another conversation in 10 years and in 15 and just to to see, you know, you talk about planting the seeds and and I I can't wait for those trees to be in full growth phase, right? And and like ah it's just really so exciting yeah i'm so excited to be i love days where i get to talk with people who are empowering and i just can't thank you enough you've motivated me you've empowered me you've inspired me i uh i want to talk more about the inspired network and and see what we can do to help there too i think that's really really cool Definitely. So.
1: definitely. You said there's, there's a lot of work to do, you know, so for anybody that's listening, hey, there's always work to come in and plug into the YCC. Um, like I said, I know, you know, we're having plans to really look at this year in terms of, you know, events and and different ideas. So yeah, definitely tap in, tap in and, and really connect with this. Um, like I said, there's a lot of work to do.
0: Cool. Oh, Brooks, how can people or can people get a hold of you? Is there like can they follow you? One of millions of followers on uh, Instagram or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <yet>. you, could,
1: <laughs> now, you can follow us on Facebook. Um, on again the Inspired Network. Um, where you can reach out to us. Um, on, we are we are Inspired MKE. Um, at gmail.com um, so that's we are inspired mke all one word at gmail.com um, um, or reach out to the ycc um you know i'm on the website as well too um as well yeah. so you we could definitely uh, we can get connected in, in a lot of different ways um but like i said we're doing this work uh, we're naturally going to be brought together um so yeah. that's why i'm saying we need you you know so anybody that's again listening i know i'm speaking you know on virtual sense but that's you know good. it's that need for belonging and that connection that um, we need you and we will um, cross paths so we can work together.
0: Excellent. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brooks. Yeah, thanks. This is uh, just the beginning. So everybody listening in, thank you so much for joining us today with uh, a truly inspiring person, Brooks Griffin. Uh, All the best. I can't wait to see where you go in the world and I'm going to be a part of it. And that's that's even cooler. So thank you. I'm Lori Poland. This is the uh, podcast Louder Than Silence. And we're here from the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. And uh, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening in.